Hi, this is Reverend Tommy, and I'd like to welcome you back to the garden where we explore the big questions about life. I invite you to open your minds and be receptive to seeing things differently. So let's get metaphysical. Thank you, and once again, good morning. This morning, I'm going to introduce something a little different in the presentation of the lesson. It's an idea that I mentioned last year after one of the weeks that I came back from Unity Village in one of those intensive weeks that we do. And yesterday I brought it up again at the visioning uh, workshop that we had and I've got a real good positive response to it. So we're gonna try it today. And the idea is to have a short interaction after the lesson where you get to ask questions or try to ask for clarification of certain points that were made during the lesson, if you so wish. It's optional. We understand that sometimes there won't be questions and sometimes there will, but you'll have an option. If it works out, then we'll just do it more often. See how that goes. So today is the last Sunday of the first month of the new year. It's a good Sunday to have a reality check. So how are those New Year's resolutions going for you, huh? You know, all the stuff you said you were going to give up at the burning bowl. How's that going for you? I know. Every year it's the same old, same old. We make resolutions and before too long, we, we just abandon them. We struggle we ch with change. We just really do. And we have to keep after it in order to get anywhere. That's what Jesus meant in Matthew where it says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus said, no, not seven times, but seven times 70 times. I can picture Peter going, bro, that's a lot. <laughs> the number seven is a reference to completion, to wholeness. I've said it before. There are seven weeks in Seven days in a week, seven notes in a musical scale, seven seas, seven continents, seven sacraments, all the way to seven days of creation. It simply means as long as it takes. So if you got yourself go going on your new self, well, congratulations and keep going. And if you haven't, don't feel bad about it. You can still get started anytime you want. Keep trying. A couple of weeks ago, we went to a Japanese restaurant and I got a fortune cookie, and it said, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. We've all heard it. So there it is. It starts with a single step. And so take the step. Every day is a new day. But more than that, every moment is a new moment. So there are always opportunities there to make changes. They are waiting for you. I said, they are waiting for you. Change is growth. Are you growing? Are we growing? One final point about this is that, remember, we are creatures of habit. And that's the bad news. But it's also the good news. Because it works in both directions. Because if you start something, let's take for an example, if you start walking every day. I mean, how long does it take you before something happens and you can't walk that day and you go like, 
and I feel guilty about this, you know, that I can't walk today. So get started. Take advantage of the fact that we are creatures of habit and get that first step going. The most important thing to remember is that when you take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves. That's why I keep harping on our language. And I'm going to keep harping on it because we need to change some of our language because it takes us back to the old way of seeing things and keeps us grounded in a sense. Moving on. Unity teaches that we have 12 powers, 12 abilities, 12 faculties, 12 whatever you want to call them. Today I want to talk about one of them, and it is the power of will, because it pertains to what I've been talking about right now. It pertains to perseverance, to tenacity. It pertains to change, because it is about change. Getting things done is about the power of will. As you've heard over and over, Unity associates each power with a disciple and a point in the body. Well, will is Matthew, and the point in the body is the front of the brain. So let's to get, start today by defining what the power of will is. So I will turn to our metaphysical interpretation, which is the revealing word, and it says this, will is the executive faculty of the mind, the determining factor in man. What man wills or decrees comes to pass in his experience. And there's a quote from Job in there. It says, thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. The will is the center of the mind and the body around which revolve all the activities that constitute consciousness. It is the avenue through which the I am expression shows its potentiality. The use of the will is very important in making demonstration. One must be very persistent. There's that word. Since persistence is essential to demonstration. So we have power of will. Now there's several versions of will, but let me put it this way. There are several forms of will. For example, there is willpower, there is free will, and there is the will of God. Mm. Now, I keep saying that we've got to change the way we see things. We are Unity students, and even though we're supposed to be getting away from the old way, sometimes I hear it in your language from talking to you, you still make references to old ideas. Let's take what I just said, for example. The will of God. What comes to your mind when I say the will of God? Is it a picture of a super being out there, separate from us, who has a will of its own and micromanages the universe? In other words, in Spanish we say, si Dios quiere, if it is God's will. In other words, the implication here is that it may or may not be God's will. I mean, the bro could be having a bad day. And he said, nah, I don't think so, man. So it's kind of iffy. But that's the, that's, that's the common understanding of many people. And these are the kind of erroneous beliefs that are deeply rooted in our subconscious and are the root of all of, or all of them, if not all, then most of our problems. I don't know if you understand, but 90% of all our daily activities are from the subconscious. 
We're running on autopilot. So that stuff you got way deep in there, it's surfacing all the time. And so you got to be conscious of it and, and, and say, whoa, whoa, not going there, not going there. They're difficult to get rid of. But you've got to be, what? Persistent. Persistent. Stay after it until you get it right. Because that's big stuff. Now, I want to pro propose to you that the will of God is something similar to the will of any parent. And I use the word parent, but again, that shows a certain separation, but never mind about that. Anyway. And the will of a parent is simple. It is, you want the best for your child. For them to be healthy, for them to be successful, to have, for them to have a wonderful experience. Well, that is the will of God. It is not micromanaging the universe or our lives or making decisions for us. That is our role in this formula. So, I don't know if you know, but process theology, it's kind of a new way of seeing things a little bit. It's a whole it process philosophy, the, the whole thing. I, I was listening to it one day and it says, the role of God is to start everything and finish nothing. I said, whoa. See, because we're the, we're the expressive side of things. We're the ones that have to finish it. You get an idea. But what good is an idea? We were talking about that yesterday. What good is an idea if you don't actually activate the idea and bring it forth? Not much. Let me, uh, so the answer to si Dios quiere is Yes, Dios siempre quiere, all the time. That's not even an issue. Let me, let me put it to this way. I want you to imagine that there's uh, a pipeline, and there's two valves, okay? This one on this side is, is God, and it's wide open, because it's always wide open. That's how it is. And this one on this side is us. And now that one can be either closed, partially open, or fully open. Depends on where, where your consciousness is and that lets that energy flow. So, it's always God's will for it to be the optimum situation for you. That's a given. So I'm gonna have Nancy come up here now because I wanna share something from the Bible and give you like a metaphysical interpretation of that scripture. And Nancy's gonna read it for you. And this too was part of what we talked about in the visioning uh, workshop yesterday about having more interaction with the people. So come on up here, Nancy. This is from the Gospel of John, chapter 5. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish religious holiday feasts. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was Bethesda Pool with five covered platforms or porches surrounding it. Crowds of sick folks, <laughs> lame, blind, or with paralyzed limbs, lay out on the platforms, waiting for a certain movement of the water. <coughs> for an angel of the Lord came from time to time and disturbed the water. And the first person to step down into it afterwards was healed. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew how long he had been ill, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, the sick man said, 
for I have no one to help me to the pool at the movement of the water. When I'm trying to get there, someone else always gets ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, roll up your sleeping mat, and go on home. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up the mat and began walking. There's a lot more after that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a whole book, Nancy. Look at that. <laughs> she says there's a whole lot more. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> okay. Now, that's an interesting story about healing. So what's going on here from the unity perspective exactly? What is the biggest difference that unity has from the traditional point of view? Now, it's not the metaphysical interpretation of the Bible. It is our belief in a paradigm of oneness as opposed to a paradigm of separation which tradi tradition teaches. You know how it goes. God is in heaven. We are here. We're separate from God. There's two things, and, and it goes further than that. There's two, I was just hearing all the way over here. There's two forces in play, a good one and an evil, and they're, and they're fighting for it. You know how the separation story goes. So what point of view does this person in, next to the pool have? Well, it's of separation, of course. And why? Because he's looking for healing from an external source. He clearly has the opinion that he can't heal himself, that he is in need of getting into the water because an external force has gone in there and blessed it in some way. Then Jesus comes along and says, get up. And he does. What happened for the need the water. I guess he didn't need it after all, did he? He didn't need that external thing. Now, was it Jesus that cured him, or was it his own conviction that cured him? Well, tradition would say it was Jesus, because Jesus is the only Son of God, and the only one with power. That represents a paradigm of one, of separation, because that makes him uniquely different in nature, fundamentally and thus separate from us. Unity teaches a paradigm of oneness in which all are the same, made of the same stuff, and all have the same power. The difference is in the degree of manifestation. To what degree does your consciousness, how open is your valve, in other words? The stuff going through it is the same stuff. That's the only difference. Now let's return to another big difference, the second one a difference of unity, and that is the, the metaphysical interpretation. Now symbolically, Jesus represents the divine nature within each of us. So from this angle, Jesus was not listening to another man, he was listening to his divine self. He was saying, it was saying to him, get up, that which is in you is greater than that which is in the world. You don't need water or anything else outside of you. Kind of like Myrtle Fillmore, co-founder, did. When she said, I'm a child of God and I do not inherit illness. Searching through the archives in Mark Hicks, uh, truthunity.net, I came across uh, the metaphysical interpretation of miracles. Now, it goes something like this. 
Well, the story begins with Jesus going to Jerusalem during a time of a feast. It says, Jerusalem is a spiritual, is the spiritual center in consciousness. A feast in Jerusalem is, is a receptive state of mind toward all spiritual good. Jerusalem means the city of peace. When we get down deep into the silent recesses of our souls, we, re we realize a stillness and sweetness beyond expression. When studying the miracles, it will be well to recognize several additional features which may be summarized as follows. And it says, one, the need. In healing miracles, it is easy to see that the need for healing, there is a need for healing of some sort. There is something missing. The supply that something constitutes the miracle, supplying it. Of course, the nature of the supply varies according to circumstances. But with the supply forthcoming, the result of wholeness comes true. Then it says, too, the healer. When reading the gospel, when reading the gospel stories of the healings, our first impression is that there are two or more persons involved in the story. First, there is a person in need of healing, and second, there is Jesus, Christ the healer. Historically, this is a correct summary. But reading of this sort is always interesting. However, it is very inspiring, but very limiting. We should recognize that just as the person in need resides within our consciousness, so too does the healing power reside within our consciousness. What does that mean? That it's not two people. It is the same person, quote unquote person. In different form, the person in need of the healing is the same one that heals. And I know that I've read stuff about healing, but he says a therapist and stuff. He said, all healing is self-healing. It can only come from within. And that's what this story is basically talking about. Now, in preparing the lesson, I also, another thought crossed my mind. What just happened other than that? that in the story. The man was healed spontaneously. Spontaneously. Now, is that just a story? Or could such a thing have actually happened? Well, the truth is that spontaneous healings are very well documented medical events. They happen all the time. It reminded me of an audio book I had bought some years back. And I went and got it, and I started listening to it again. It is this, Greg Braden, the spontaneous healing of belief, shattering the paradigm of false limits. I started listening to it again. Fantastic. It is filled with new thought ideas about the power of the mind, that that which is within is more powerful than that which is in the outer world. We have to keep reminding ourselves of that. That is the core message that we have. We, mu we must remind ourselves seven times, 70 times, as I said earlier, that we have the power to change things. The source of the manifest world 
is not material in nature. We know now this scientifically. It is energy or spirit or whatever you want to call it. It is not material. Matter is not made of matter. That's very interesting. The interesting thing too is that this little stuff at the quantum level is capable of being a thing or a non-thing. And it can do it at the same time or back, jump back and forth. And evidently, that's what's happening. These things are jumping in. I'm a, now I'm a thing, now I'm a wave. Now I'm a thing, now I'm a wave. Back and forth. And I got to thinking, gosh, that's kind of like we are, isn't it? Right now I'm a thing, I'm a body. But someday I won't be a thing, a body. I'll be, so I'll be a non-thing, so to speak. But then what happens? I become a thing again. And then a non-thing, and a thing. And so forth and so forth forever. Just like these little things do. Because we're made of them. It's very stuck. Strange stuff. Interesting. When Unity Movement was early in its development, it was Myrtle who was the one who was healing herself. She was the spiritual one. She was the one that was in the heart. Charles was really heady guy. Studied a lot, loved it. And it's good. They were a perfect blend for the two women were. But once he started seeing that Myrtle was having results, he came to the conclusion like, wait a minute. If one person can do it, if one person can do it, then anybody can do it. Everybody should be able to do it. And that's the message here. We see it all the time. So maybe you're having a challenge today or somebody who's listening to on stream or later who listen to it on my podcast later. If you're having a challenge, a health challenge or any kind of a challenge, then why not ask the question, why not me? Other people have done it. Why can't I do it? And I propose to you that it's because your valve is not open. It's simple as that. Now, this is all really good stuff to consider. We have to change the way we see things. Charles and Merle did. The man at the pool did. They listened to their divine self. They opened their valve to the complete flow of divine energy. So ask yourself today, how open is my valve? Why not me? I want to end with an affirmation about the power of will. It says, I claim my power, my power of will now. I choose, decide, and lead based on divine ideas. I want to say it together. I'll, you can repeat it after me. I claim my power of will now. I claim my power of will now. I choose, I choose decide, Decide and lead, and lead based on divine ideas. Based on divine ideas. And so it is. So it is. Now, we're going to do this. <laughs> we're going to do this little. Uh, <laughs> See, I'm right at my little microphone. So I'm going to bring this thing out and just uh, open the floor for. Any discussion there may be, or any questions there might be, or anything you found interesting, maybe a comment. I'll take anything. Jeannie, thank you. Um, I think that we have a problem with the culture we live in that is so dominated by the medical profession 
the pharmaceutical industry, and were constantly being suggested to us that they're the ones with the power. Mm -hmm. And right. that's kind of hard for us to constantly having to be overriding those messages right. to remind us of the message you were just telling us. Right, and you know what, the funny thing is that the medical model, as they call it, is based on the idea that we are a machine. And they treat, treat us like a machine. As they say, as that one lady doctor says in the, I forgot what it's called, she said they got two tools in their basket. Two, surgery and drugs. That's it. <laughs> but, but that's beginning to change. That's beginning to change. A lot of people are bringing in new treatment plans like Music therapy, for example, if I may use Marisa. <laughs> yeah, no, I've used a lot of alternative. Yeah. I, I've, I've uh, gone into studying a lot of alternative medicine, uh -huh. but the constant barrage, if you watch one hour of TV, well, sure. you're going to get how many ads and drugs. Right. That's what's on programming. Yeah, and, and, and we're being programmed, exactly. And, so, and because of that, then what did I say? 90% of, of what we do is on a subconscious level. So guess what's coming out? It, it takes a real effort. And that's why I'm saying the little things, the language, and you're going to have to bear with me because I'm going to start pushing you about changing some of the language. Because as I said earlier, uh, the little things, you take care of them, and then the big picture starts to change. You start laying brick and brick and brick at a time, and guess what? Pretty soon you got a building. That's kind of how it works. Thank you, Jeannie. Lynn. Yes, I agree. But I don't think we should no, we don't. We do not. Unity does not. We absolutely do not. In fact, we believe that uh, you use what you got, whatever it is. You know, that's why I, I have that sign, you know, that it says, you know, follow your heart, but take your brain with you. <laughs> because, yes, if that's available, then, then use it. That's right. Yes, sir, Mr. Roach. In Luke, the one thing that always stands out to me as to what you're talking about is physician heal thyself. Mm, okay. There's a lot of hints in there about how things really ought to be, but the, it's, it's the interpretation that we've been given that, that's incorrect. Not, that's what I keep saying. We're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. You know, it, it, the, the, the core message is correct. It is how it's presented to us that is incorrect. That's, I think I told you a long time ago that I always, I always had a feeling that there was something right about Christianity, but something wrong about it. And I didn't know what it was until I came to Unity and said, I finally said, oh. And, and, and I said, fundamentally, it is because we follow the, the life and example of Jesus, and tradition follows the story that by those created by man and man's interpretation about Jesus. That's the difference. Yes, Ginger. This is the perfect lesson for me today. Um, I don't know how many of you know me that well, but I've been an acupuncturist for probably about 30 years now, and I work with energy medicine. And today I'm going to be doing a talk about pain relief and the, um, the possibility that, you know, combined with what people believe about what's going on in their body and being able to use a technology and could be using low-level uh, laser therapy to that communicates with the with the body 
probably are as close to instantaneous giving as you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's addressing the 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 sim the the problem at the energy level, and because we know now that fundamentally we are energy, we are not matter. So when you address the me the medical model addresses you as a body and as a chemical, and everything is based on that aspect of seeing things, then you're just addressing the outside. You're not addressing the root of the problem, which is the at, at, at level of the energy is is wrong here. And so that's interesting. You know, I really like this uh, approach to things. I hope you like it too. Uh, it's a different way of doing things. And like I said, if we can continue it now and then or all the time or whatever you want to do or when I talk or whenever the speaker wants to do it, uh, it just gets a little more. And it has to do with uniting us and, and having more interaction. So I hope you enjoyed that part. Anyway. And, anyway, <laughs>